Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. And there's Scott Robbins. Uh, warning. David Van Camp's in a mood. Uh-huh. I am. It's fair warning. Yeah. Well, there's been some reverberation around Mount St. Van Camp today. It's been, <laughs> it's been some motion. Let's get right into it. Before we talk about State of the Union and everything else going on, let's get to the Chinese spy balloon, David. All right. So after, a, uh, after Biden let a Chinese spy balloon fly over the entire United States, we find out that Chinese spy balloons briefly flew in American airspace three times under Donald Trump. Wow. That's a, that's a neat trick, isn't it? Because apparently no one knew about it until sometime last year. And they're only acknowledging it now because, well, Biden let a Chinese spy balloon <laughs> fly across the entire United States. Uh, And the Pentagon is blaming a domain awareness gap, which seriously is my favorite phrase of all time. I'm going to use that at home. Like, honey, why didn't you take out the garbage? Sorry, babe. It was a domain awareness gap, really. Just dag, you know. It was the dag, you know. Yeah. What a bunch of McGurkin-y nonsense that is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked, how is it possible no one knew about these balloons, but now suddenly do know about the balloons from years ago? Because they're lying? Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not what she said. Yeah, so, look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how um, uh, when when the PRC government surveillance... There it is again, man. Yeah. There it is again. Mm -hmm. There are some people, something triggers in them. Boy, this is such a lie. I don't know. I get... They have trouble getting through it. Um, uh, when it, um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans, uh, trans, trans, transited, uh, the continental (laughs) U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned during the president's uh, prior administration. And once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the Mm -hmm. administration, uh, left. Uh, but, uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give, uh, give uh, briefings to key officials uh, but this is something uh, this is something sorry post but this is something that we we they did not they were not aware of as as we've just laid out wow miss teen usa <laughs> doesn't this remind you of that girl dude this, this is watching this and listening to this it, it, it's like someone stuffed the English language into one of those tennis ball launchers, and they <laughs> yeah. set it on high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those words are just coming at her. <laughs> I have no idea what she just said. Neither does anybody else. You follow that bouncing ball, that thing's going everywhere. There is no way. I, I had no idea what she just said, honestly. No. I mean, it's just these words... Oh, my gosh. But Legacy Media picks up on it, just the talking points, and then regurgitates it. Yeah. Yeah, see, under Trump, same thing happened. But but it wasn't the same thing at all. No, it was not. Talking about uh, uh, brief incursions in Florida and Hawaii. And the other thing is, the biggest red flag is, why didn't the Pentagon know about it? <laughs> and then why didn't they tell anyone about it? Dude. That's one hell of a domain awareness gap. Look at Millie 
Look at Austin running the defense. Afghanistan, there's a track record. We cowered it down. Everybody knows that the people on the left are trying to come up with new terms. We gapped it or whatever they're talking about now. (laughs) Dude, no one's buying it. No one that thinks reasonably is buying this. And then trying to turn this thing around, as Millie said yesterday, (laughs) what we're going to get from this as far as recovering it there in the Atlantic, invaluable. Because by letting it drift all the way across the United States... See, that was a great move because we're going to know what they were after. There's really only one person what? in the White House who could just translate what that was, and that's Kamala Harris. She speaks fluid McGurkin. Yes. But unfortunately not available to, to translate whatever it is that just came out of KGP's mouth. No, but you can just imagine Kamala was there clapping like, that was a great job. Oh, I know. Job, she, she understood completely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I wonder if we're going to hear any talk of the spy balloon at... The big State of the Union tonight. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if at the end of the State of the Union, balloons just drop from the ceiling? Yeah. Like no. at a concert? No. It, oh, what? yeah, and you have Hillary. Could she be there in attendance to look at him right. like she's stoned? Oh, right. I've never seen a balloon before. <laughs> right. oh. yeah. You know what I would really love? You know how Nancy Pelosi made that big show of ripping up Donald Trump's State <laughs> of the Union address. Yeah. What yeah. Kevin McCarthy needs to do is take that address and tie it to a balloon and release it at the end of the speech. <laughs> That's a great idea. That would be great. Uh, So tonight we're expecting to hear, is this real with the State of the Union, that the economy's great? Yeah. Well, White House economist Brian Deese, he is actually leaving his post soon. Uh, This is the guy who very famously said, hey, if you look at food prices and you take out the cost of poultry, pork, and beef, food prices are pretty much within historical norms. Again, if you take out the things that people eat, Food yeah. prices not that bad. Um, anyway, That's nuts. Like yeah. that guy's last name. Yes. <laughs> well, he was asked to preview what Biden's going to say about the economy tonight at the State of the Union uh, because most people don't feel great about how things are going. Mm-hmm. I think the objective, uh, as is always the case for the president, is to, number one, uh, meet the American people where they are um, with the recognition, as I mentioned, that uh, that the anxiety and the ongoing challenges that families feel in their lives are um, the reality of a very challenging period with a pandemic and a um, uh, and a uh, a gee why is this guy quitting he's doing so well right uh, a war in europe that has driven that drove gas prices up and food prices up and created a lot a lot of uncertainty um and so first and foremost to meet uh, the american people where they are i mean this sincerely scott that was a 30 second clip What's your takeaway? I have no idea. It's, again, it's just wordy, salady, talking pointy, all jumbled into one big bag. And I, the reason I ask you is because I'm not sure myself. You, how, how, you can't be sure. All it sounds to me is he's trying to talk about how it's great, but realizing we've had challenges. And part of the whole problem here has been Putin and right. what's happened with that war. And it, it drove everything up. Well, my goodness, man, the inflation was well on its way before that. Yeah. Because you flooded the zone with cash when you didn't need to. Most people are not going to forget that. They blame Biden for it. That is why you see you see the approval numbers. You see the amount of Americans that don't want that guy to run again, including Democrats. Yeah. That dude is no joke set a new record. I guess you got to try to polish that turd somehow. 
but when you do it, you sound like that. Um, uh, and a... Uh, a... <laughs> Well, this is the same guy who said that food prices aren't that bad relative to famine. Yeah. If you're eating sand, it's Seriously. good. Seriously. No, he yeah. actually said that a no, few I months know. ago. I know. That, yeah, I mean, I know food prices are bad, but we're not as we're not in as dire straits as people dealing with famine. <laughs> famine. Yeah. Okay, Mom. Right. What the hell? <laughs> he, that guy has had some doozies over time. There's no doubt about it. Okay. You mentioned Kamala earlier, just a wordsmith. Did she say something else yesterday? Uh, Yeah, she did. Well, she was talking about, no joke, once again, talking about the root causes of illegal immigration. No. (laughs) Yes, she was. (laughs) Uh, Are you kidding? Yeah, and uh, she says that everyone in government is working on it and uh, delivered a message that, well, really only she could deliver. Okay, roll it. I think most of us who are devout public servants understand that we in government have great possibility in terms of the the range at which we work as government. (laughs) You know what's great about that? This whole thing is about sending loads of cash to Central America. That should help stop it, right? That's what they're saying. And again... David actually wrote this out for us. Yeah. Most of us who are devout public servants understand that we in government have great possibility in terms of the range at which we work as government. Again. (laughs) (laughs) These people are leading us, man. Try to be a reasonably intelligent, learned person who reads books, who who has some sort of... uh, uh, arms around the vocabulary. They just talk and they just insert words that don't belong there. Okay. Like if you were doing word search and like find the words that don't belong in the sentences, this, this would be part of I don't know what even I don't know what any of that means. I don't know what that means. What does it mean? David? Uh, in terms of range at the which we work as government? <laughs> what the hell is there there's great possibility in terms of the range. Oh. She always talks about possibility and wonder. Yeah, Nothing ever gets done, but those words are thrown around all the time. Yeah, the phrase, most of us who are devout public servants understand that we in, gover- we in government have great possibility in terms of the range at which we work as government is barely a sentence, but it is historic, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because she is the first vice president to ever write speeches using a bingo tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like she's got bets with her friends to insert words into speeches. <laughs> like, if you can work that word in, it's worth 50 bucks, you know? Okay. Goodness gracious. All right. With Corrine Jean-Pierre, I'm trying to think of the three people that we've heard from yeah. in this segment. You've got Corrine Jean-Pierre. We know why she's in her job. Yeah. We know why Kamala is in her job. Yes. Now, Brian Deese, is he a straight white dude? Um, no. I'm not. I think so, but I'm not I think sure. So. Yeah. Uh, but he's in there because he's with BlackRock, which is this massive oh, investment. Oh, well, the money firm. thing. Okay. It's the money thing. Yeah, he's the bag man for the administration. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was some sort of mental thing. Or somehow he checked a box. It was BlackRock. Now I yeah. get it. It's no, the money. Yeah. Yeah. You can't call the Department of Bag Man. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You have to gussy it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Good news for everybody. As far as the economy goes, uh, the recovery has been equitable. 
And what does that mean? There's a lot to tackle today. All coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, I see uh, that leaked Pfizer document shows that dude, that employee that was caught from Project Veritas, yeah. is still employed there. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, Some people were fearing he was going to lose his job for just going on a date <laughs> yeah. and lying. Yeah, this is the guy who was caught by Project Veritas talking about how Pfizer was discussing uh, mutating the uh, coronavirus in order to get ahead of vaccines. And uh, so then the question is, are they actually doing it? And I thought, I forget, oh, uh, who is it? Uh, you bring him up a lot, a uh, doctor uh, who's been pushing back a lot against what the Biden administration has been doing against the uh, what Fauci has talked about. But Achara? Uh, no. Malone? Not Malone. There's another guy, and now I've, I totally... Uh, McCullough? Him. McCullough, yes. That guy. Who said, well, I, you know, it's probably that Pfizer is running computer models on that. Yeah, uh, I remember having that clip. Yeah, because that's, that's, that is more cost-effective and can deliver similar results, so they're probably not just outright... Uh, you know, doing gain-of-function research. But nonetheless, I mean, it is interesting that Pfizer has not really talked about this guy, and apparently, uh, according to leaked employment documents, he is still an employee at Pfizer. Yeah, because there are a few lines that he gave. Either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Well, yeah. I obviously like <laughs> Yeah, he had that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. The other was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was just flirting on his date. He was trying to impress him. He's a cartoon dog. And then the, the, he kind of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is so accurate, Scotty. Now that guy flipped out, man, when <laughs> when they announced who they were. Bro, first of all, I'm literally a liar. He's, he's on video. Whoa. You're saying we're exploring how the virus right. keeps um, mutating. You, can I talk to you outside about this? Absolutely not. You're not even my wife is on this. What is your name? Because you off. You really did. I'm about to sue you. This is absurd. I'm going to sue you. You went on the attack fast yeah, and then did. just went to the defense. I was literally trying. Okay. I'm not even a scientist by background. You know, <laughs> what I came from a consulting firm right. that does business. That's how fast you go from having a good time <laughs> to it all just blowing up. Well, you know, some dates are like that. That's right. It happens. It happens. Just the way it goes. Oh, man. I don't know. Dude, you got to tell me, is this sad? Is it somewhat funny? Or sort of both. Lips of TikTok will put out different stuff. Well, again, Lips of TikTok is just videos on TikTok of crazy people saying stuff that they believe. And I understand that we live in a day and age now where some people believe just by your imagination, you can change your gender. You can be a dude one day Mm -hmm. and a woman the next if you identify that way. But it seems we have a couple of places where you can't quite do that yet. One is race, because that's just beyond the pale. Uh, Pale. Anyway, or 
You can't just change your age. Can't do that. But I think this person is doing that. Oh, wow. Okay, at least changing the age. This is a uh, guy that's older than you, Scott, oh, God. Um, okay. that, that thinks he is and identifies as um, a baby girl. What? With a bottle and a pacifier what? and the whole bit. And the dude's like in his 60s? Easily. Oh, my God. Easily. Yes. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Sissy Little Girl Pansy. And I wanted to tell everybody the kind of diapers that I wear all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> Not funny, is it? Oh, my God. It's just gosh. mental illness sadness. Or either that or somebody is joking to see if someone takes the bait. I'm not quite sure. You know, until social media platforms, these people had to do this stuff in a mental institution cafeteria. <laughs> you know, but now yeah. it's, 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 it's everywhere. Yeah. Reopen the asylums. Yes. Right. Why the cafeteria? I don't know. Just they're all, all gathered there doing their bits. Yeah. They can make diapers out Sock of napkins. puppets. Yeah. And, yeah, diapers. Sock puppets. They're oh. talking to each other. Yeah. This is beyond the sock puppets. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's the headliner. Yeah. So you've had enough there. I don't yeah. have to play anymore. Yeah. Oh, you go. Oh, I, I want to hear, yeah, hear a little bit more. Yeah. You do? Okay. I do. All right. Okay. I am so glad that I am in diapers. And I am so glad that I am a little sissy baby girl. And I am so glad. That I will, that I know, that I will never hmm. ever have to be an adult ever again. Oh, it does come with its responsibilities. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what? What? We need a sequel to Sling Blade, where Billy Bob Thornton runs into that guy in the in the asylum. So oh, how that would go, <laughs> man. And I just wish that everybody who wants to be a little sissy girl. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's right. Gets the chance to wear pretty clothes. They get the chance to wear diapers. Mm. And they get the chance. I reckon you better stay away from any of my clothes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some call it a Kaiser blade, I call it a sling blade. I just wonder what these people do to pay the bills. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Okay. We got what's your story coming up. Oh, and the recovery of the economy has been equitable. Straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. You know, you see the footage of that earthquake. Turkey, Syria. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And I can't help it. I think about kids growing up there. It's tough enough already before any of this happens. And then I think about kids in the United States going to school today. In many cases, they're going to be taught to hate their country. Yeah. And how sad that is when you think about how lucky we are to be in this country. Mm -hmm. And so many people will never even know that because they're brainwashed since the first day they walk in school. We got to turn that around. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the first things I always think when I see some sort of mass casualty tragedy 
like whether it's a monsoon, the tidal wave, something like that, or an earthquake in another country. And one, it's it's heartbreaking. It's horrible to see the images coming out of there. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but feel a sense of gratitude to be in this country because with the wealth that this country has generated, our infrastructure, as many problems as there are, is worlds ahead of so of most of the world, honestly. Yep. We don't have these types. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, there's a there's flooding in uh, a part of India, and oh, okay, a few hundred people died. We don't have that here. No, not like the rest of the world. I mean, you're always going to have natural disasters. Sure. But like you said before, Scott, how much of that could have been avoided? You don't know if there was better infrastructure. You don't know. We don't know. But I don't think it would have been over 5,000 so no. far, or 5,500. No. And rising. Goodness gracious. Get to more on that a little bit later. As far as the economy in the United States, the recovery has been equitable. That is the talking point from the administration. That's what we're going to hear tonight, State of the Union. Yeah, outgoing uh, White House chief economist Brian Deese was given a little preview of the State of the Union. Uh, And he says, you know, I I know that a lot of people, what is it, like 16% of people say that they're better off now than they were before Biden took office? Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize 16%. Yeah, 16%. Not 60. Okay. I just 16. Want, okay. One right. six. Yeah, I just want to clear percent. that up. I, at first, I went, oh, God, you're kidding. And then no. I, okay, now I know. All right. Uh, now, uh, you know, Brian Deese, he says that the state of the economy really only looks bad if you don't cherry pick favorable data. Okay, let's enjoy this together. The bottom-up nature of the economic recovery is often lost or best seen in lesser understood statistics. And so things like the fact that we have seen this historic burst in people creating new firms, people creating new businesses coming out of the pandemic is not only a source of hope uh, because people don't do that if they don't think there's opportunity. How about how many that died because of how you handled the pandemic? You don't talk about that. This dude, man. In the economy going forward. But a huge source of potential dynamism for our economy uh, that we need to make sure that we don't fall back into a pre-pandemic equilibrium of low growth, low wage increases, increased inequality. Hold on. What are you saying? Just say it. The the equilibrium. Do you mean that time when there was historically low unemployment? Exact just job growth, insane. wage growth, all God. I across mean, minorities, everybody. Yeah, and, and and then the pandemic happens. Everything shuts down for a little mm-hmm. while, and everything would have gone back to normal had you not kept messing with it. You know, they talk about entrepreneurs. Well, you know, there are a lot of people who are starting over or who are saying now, well, okay, I got laid off or furloughed, so I'm going to start my own business now. Mm-hmm. And that is a positive development. It'll take years and years for us to really reap the benefits of that economically. Meanwhile, when he talks about, well, from the bottom up, you know, that, that's what we're building. So, yeah, you people at the top, you're not going to work. Let me tell you, the 16% of people who say they're better off right now are in the top. Okay. The people at the Think bottom. Think about who are got struggling. rich off the pandemic. Yeah. I just hate <laughs> the idea that I'm just too stupid to understand what underlying 
uh, things are happening in order to point towards this great yes. economy. I just, I, you know, the average person isn't as smart as me. <laughs> There's still 10 minutes or 10 seconds left. Yeah. But also the historically equitable nature of this labor market recovery is something that, again, connects to this idea that the president has always centered on, which is putting workers and families at the center of his economic policy. Sorry, I just threw up. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Couldn't stop the gag reflex from that. (laughs) I apologize to everyone there. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. By the way, before we get to what's your story. Who's planning on watching tonight? You're going to, aren't you, Robert? Oh, yeah, sure I will. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Masochist. I am a masochist, yes. What about your blood pressure? It'll be closely monitored tonight by me. Yeah. How are you going to do that? My little machine. Do you have one? I'm getting one. No, you're not. You're I, lying through I, your I teeth. Can't, I can't you look at... You should work I, for the White House. I can't look at my heart rate, though. You can do that? Yeah. Okay. So if it jumps or something, I'll let you know. But I don't. I don't think it will because I'm fully. I fully have a, a really good idea of what to expect tonight. Everything is my fault, our fault, and we're just too stupid to pick up on the fact that Joe Biden's doing a great job. I've heard this already. People don't hear enough about the fantastic things he's doing. I'll watch the clips. Honestly, I can't do it. I said that today to a friend of mine. I said, you know, David, and the only reason I do that yeah. is because we do the show, David and Jamie. Are, are prone to watch the clips afterwards. Yeah. And not to, not the whole thing. The SEAL Act, I can't take it. I, oh, the- <laughs> There's enough frustration in life. Dude. Yeah, there'll be a lot of that. Oh, yeah. And all the freshmen are going to try to get their faces on camera. Blah, 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 blah. One and our- it's going to be a lie fest. One of our listeners said a bingo card. I don't mind going over that a little bit later if you want. Oh, that'd be fun. Of things tonight. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah we'll do that. All right. Good. Okay. It's that time of the show. We do it every day. Looking around at news all the time. It may not be the biggest story, but it jumped out at you today. David, what's your story? Well, uh, the House Oversight Committee is having a hearing today on the border crisis, and uh, Democrats on that committee are having a normal one. Uh, so they wrote on Twitter, good morning and good luck to everyone except for Republican members who are using today's hearing to amplify white nationalist conspiracy theories instead of a comprehensive solution to protect our borders and strengthen our immigration system. Mm. So if you're worried about all of that, then you're a white supremacist. There are uh, millions of Texans who are Hispanic who are also worried about that, about the border crisis. There are yeah, Hispanics but they in took some of the pills that made them white supremacists. Yeah, I, I did like that uh, Byron Donald's uh, representative out of Florida actually responded to that tweet ahead of time to just tell people at the hearing that that's a bunch of nonsense and you need to knock it off. Now, for the record, because I know the left cares so much about this, Byron Donald's is a black man who has been accused is he multiple... Really? He's been accused multiple times of being a white supremacist. Right. Because Democrats are insane. They are mentally ill. And they need help. But instead, people keep voting for them to remain in the halls of power. Here's what Byron Byron Donald said. Mr. Chairman, Chairman, real quick, and I apologize. I know the proceedings of the committee room. Um, I'm just going to cut to the chase. For my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who want to state that uh, we're using this hearing for white nationalism, uh, I'm not doing that. So if you feel that strongly, come walk to this side of the room and let's talk about it face to face.
But leave that kind of silly stuff for, for somebody else. Don't bring that here today. This stuff is serious. I apologize, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, could I have a question? Yep. Good for him. Yeah. No kidding. That dude's a rising star. A lot of people didn't know who he was, you know, what, six weeks ago? And then after everything with the Speaker of the House, yeah, man. His face has become known. Yep. That was awesome. What's your story today, Scott? Uh, my story revolves around Dr. Jordan Peterson. We've talked about him before, kind of a fan of his on this show. I remember when the Ontario College of Psychologists demanded that he submit himself to mandatory social media communication retraining. Yes. He was getting way out of hand. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a story that just broke the other day, and it was about the world's youngest transgender model. It was a boy who became a girl. Her parents say she was born with a, quote, fierce and confident sense of identity, and that self-assurance can clearly be seen on the catwalk where the oh 10-year-old gosh. has become the world's youngest transgender model. Noella is her name. Fashion insiders say she could make her first million next year. She identified at two and a half, say her parents. Okay. So... Jordan Peterson decided, well, I don't need any uh, re-education for this one. Translation, he said, meet the world's most pathological, narcissistic, devouring mother who enticed her son down the garden path to castration so she could parade him around and gain fame. Yeah. These people are sick. Yes. And I agree with him. I didn't know there was a 10-year-old that was on the catwalk now. Wow, man. Making a million dollars a year. And, and, and again, what message does this send? Oh, well, again, and man. Your parents are horrible people. How, do you, how is this not child abuse? How do you not end up in prison and your kids removed from you? Because now in our sick society, I those don't. people are held in high regard. At two and a half years old, yes. this little boy said he wanted to be a girl and he was a girl, and his parents just went along with it? Well, and you wonder what really happened. Exactly. And you wonder if they saw profit in their eyes right away. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but we have to start identifying David's daughter as a T-Rex. Yeah, that's true. Because she thinks she is one. She Well, sometimes she sometimes I'm the T-Rex, okay? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm very... Oh. I'm dino fluid in my house. Got it. Um, okay. But yeah, sometimes she is the T-Rex and she likes to roar and... I mean, it's. Wouldn't you know it? My son likes T Rexes too. He's only one, and he huh. roars sometimes. And so I, I am feeding them a steady diet of raw Stegosaurus meat uh, because I want to be Dino affirming in my household. That's really not mm-hmm. Dude, heroic. Oh yeah, to be applauded. Yeah. Huh? Yes. I am wait stunning and brave. Pr- wait till you get to parade her around the catwalk as a dinosaur. Right. Exactly. The first, the youngest dinosaur transgender. Yeah. God, no, I mean, this is sickness. I read that today, and I'm like, Jordan Peterson always just—he's always laser is always right, right all the time. The guy has so much experience as a psychologist, but he just practicing. looks at this like any normal person would look at it and go, "Well, no, this is crazy. These yes. are parents trying to get famous." Yes, but he has so much to back him up. Yeah. Yes. Twelve rules for life. You ever heard of it? Yes. You should read it. I should. You're right. <laughs> Honestly, man. I, dude, that's, that's one thing. After uh, reading that book, I'm like, man, 
that should be almost required reading, especially for young guys. You would learn a lot from that. I think that's why young guys like him, because so many didn't have a father figure. This guy's saying, hey, it starts with you. And he's talked about that, too, though. Absolutely. You know, but I found that interesting. Yes. Okay. It's great that you bring him up, man, because for a couple of years, every time I would say something, yeah, I heard you. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I don't care. Some other guy, some kook that you like. Why would I listen? Look, I'm in slow class here. (laughs) I'll get to it eventually. Uh, You know, my story today, I'll just keep it short. Um, Just like uh, a little breath of fresh air. This was out of Tennessee. A couple of lawmakers. They want to add Steve Rolls' Copperhead Road to the list of state songs of Tennessee. (laughs) They proposed a bill to be voted on during the legislative session. Some people say that's a waste of time, and a lot of times I would agree. But if it's Copperhead Road from Steve Rolls, a song that all three of us like. Oh, yeah. We can enjoy a few seconds. There's a reason people want to move to Tennessee. Yeah, it's really weird. I was playing this this morning before the show, before I came in. Really? My Steve Earle mixtape, yeah. Wow. How about the timing of that? I know, weird, isn't it? Yes. You think he's lying, David? I'm not lying. No, I don't think he is. I didn't think so either. Just checking. Man. So a white doctor was murdered for being white? Really? What's this story? Get to that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. I noticed this story not exactly getting national attention. No, it's it's a terrible story out of Dana Point, California. Last week, a doctor named Michael Mamoni was riding his bike when a driver ran him over, then stabbed him to death. The suspect is in custody. His name is uh, Van Roy uh, Evan Smith. Now, according to a local ABC affiliate, a witness heard the murderer talking about white privilege. Now, right now, yeah. there is no known relationship between the two and no known motive. However, I will say this. Even if the white privilege part of it had not been confirmed, if this was a rumor that had been started by a witness about a white guy stabbing a black man to death, it would have been gospel already in mainstream media. Yes, because they're all about propaganda. Dividing people. Yep. I think most people are recognizing that. I want to believe that, but man. I mean, if you're talking with reasonable people, even if they don't agree with you politically, if you have those conversations and you say, okay, just for the sake of this argument, let's flip the script on this and change the races. How do you think traditional media would treat this? Most people be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got a point there. But that doesn't mean that it's... And then it would be on with a different talking point, but at least there would be some admission to that. Well, are we going to start talking about stochastic terrorism here? That's the left's new thing. Yeah. That anything bad that happens is the result of the right uh, pointing out problems in society? (laughs) Because right now, I mean, if you go... it, It is crazy. If you look at a lot of mainstream media outlets and just search the word whiteness... How much absolute hatred is on display for whiteness? 
It's it is crazy. There's no other in modern America. There is no other race that gets talked about in that way. No. Well, and you look at say what's going on at Florida State, where you're giving away awards to anybody of color, but there's one race that is not eligible, and that's if you're white. Well, that's racist. But the left would call you racist for bringing up the fact that that is racist. Yes. It's inception with racism. I don't know if yes. you knew that. Yeah. But hopefully, as time goes on, there will be enough people that are comfortable being called racist because it doesn't really mean anything anymore. No, I'm numb to it at this point. Yeah. And once you get over that fear, you're like, whatever. You know yourself, the people closest to you know. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, we're going to hear a lot of stuff in the State of the Union tonight. And I guess one of those things we're going to hear is our plan at the border is working? Uh, Yeah, evidently. The Biden administration is trying to claim victory because the technical number of illegal crossings at the border has gone down. Uh, Not just because of this little thing called winter, when things generally do die down for a little bit, but also because they've expanded the migrant parole program, which allows people to come in legally as long as they check in first. Got it. Okay. Just download that app and send it our way, and uh, we'll download the app. Right. And no, literally, that's not even a joke. There's. Oh, I know. Well, they hand them a phone when they come in. Yeah. Yeah. I just I wanted to to clarify that for anybody who wasn't sure if you were joking. No, there actually is an app that people can download, and then just basically tell (laughs) tell the federal government that they're on their way. Yes, barely. It's like you're going to the Hilton in, uh, you know, yeah. Las Cruces or something. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's Trivago for people who want to <laughs> come into the country. Uh, anyway, here is uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre talking about this. Okay. Roll it. We are now seeing the lowest number of illegal crossing between ports of entry since February of 2021. It doesn't. Well, this pitcher's giving up less hits than ever. Now we only count home runs. Right, uh, little singles, <laughs> the doubles in the gap down the line. We don't count those anymore. Yeah, Triples, know. we don't count. The hits are down. Yeah. It's good. It doesn't mean our work is done, as you all know. We still have more work to do, and we're going to keep at it. But unlike Republicans in Congress who simply pull the political stunts and try to get in the way, we've got an actual plan to address these. I very... know because only what five to seven million people have come through illegally in a short amount of time. Yeah. So what? We've got an actual plan to address uh. these very challenging issues and as you see as i just laid out our plan is indeed working but you haven't secured the border no Jeez. holy smokes that's just gaslighting you know and again there are so many people in the united states that either don't care or believe what legacy media tells them that they're like oh yeah we're, we're doing all, all we can there and it's good and we've always had our arms open to refugees and people seeking asylum 
Not realizing that, what, 3% maybe would qualify yeah. on a good day? Unreal, man. Unreal. Um, other gaslighting I think we can um, expect tonight is that the economy's doing great. We keep hearing that. Oh, yeah. So we can yeah. look forward to that. I don't know if you knew this or not, but there was an insurrection, at least from what I could tell. Dude, oh, yeah. that I happened this. in this country. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That it was yesterday. very insurrectiony. Yeah. Very. Yesterday, a bunch of trans activists did an insurrection at the Oklahoma Capitol. They stormed the building and occupied it on the first day of the legislative session, trying to disrupt an official proceeding of a government, which I have been, even though there were no guns involved, I've been reliably assured that that counts as an insurrection. Did you see that? I just yeah. had a shiver of fear. It yeah, went I know. right up my I'm, arm. Uh-huh. I was literally shaking. Right mm-hmm. now, anybody talk to AOC today? Yeah, and they, they, they right? were they were chanting. They were they were. It was a mob of people taking over the state capital. <laughs> Trans lives matter. Yeah. Uh oh, the Black Lives Matter people are going to be pissed. Uh oh. Yeah. Now this is all because state lawmakers are. are there have been four bills pre-filed ahead of the legislative session uh, that revolve around trans issues with kids. Uh, They want to ban chemical and surgical castration for minors. Uh, So they are actually protesting because they want little boys and little girls to take dangerous drugs and have the option to surgically remove their sex organs. Yes. Now, were these people shareholders in these different conversion therapy centers? (laughs) Or, Or what are we talking about? Because that's what it is. You're converting them from boy to girl, and you're surgically doing that to little kids. I'm going to say, while there's a minority, there is people in that crowd who have no idea what they're protesting or why they're protesting. They don't don't know. They don't know what the bill's about. They don't know it's to keep puberty blockers away from 11-year-olds? No. And mutilating their genitals? No, they don't care. It's just about trans. It's the cool kids club, and they're going to go do it. I'm telling you, man. You're probably right. There's a a large portion of people who are against something. They don't even know why, just because everybody else is. Well, it always feels like an underreported story to me. (laughs) Call it a civil war. Call it whatever you want within the LGBTQ plus alphabet crowd of the trans part and what they're trying to do with kids. Because there are plenty of people that were just from the old school LGBTQ. That are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not down with this. The gays against groomers is a great yeah, example right. of that. Mm-hmm. Saying, you're making everybody look bad. Stay away from the freaking kids. Yeah. What is it with you and the kids? Can't you leave them alone? But it's about indoctrination. And for the people that want to change the country from the inside out, they're all down with it. Anything to create chaos and divide people. Well, it's working. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that's why you just have to be if you're concerned about this, you have to use actual language to describe what they are in favor of. And, it, and it's I, not gender-affirming care. No. It is chemical or surgical castration. That's what they right. want. That's what they think is necessary for kids as young as 12. Man, oh, man. Of course, big talk this week has been about the Chinese spy balloon that we didn't do anything for days, and now they're trying to say, oh, the balloon's under Trump. 
Yeah, which didn't do anything. News to a lot of people. Certainly doesn't look like that's true at all. No. Um, but it's interesting as we bring up how many American businesses get so much money from China. And then there's people in Congress that get a lot of money from China. There's so much Chinese influence within the country that people don't realize. And, of course, we know that is true with Disney, who just cut a Simpsons episode that mentions forced labor camps from their Chinese platform. Isn't that something? Really? Well, naturally. Yeah. Man, oh, man. So, so much for that. Hey, come on. We, we've got to be able to let these shows be creative. And that's part of the Simpsons' whole brand is the edginess and yeah. pointing out things within society, right? Except if it's going to kill the bottom line with yeah. China. Gosh, dang. Well, and the, the Simpsons hasn't actually been subversive in, in years because it, all, it, it, it really did flip just to be in lockstep with whatever the liberal current thing is. I mean, the so writers... What, it, if if, it, if there was one moment when it really flipped, what would it be? I mean, it, for the Simpsons, it, it, the quality of the of the show has gone downhill for a long time, and it's because they they now have stupid people writing the show. It used to be liberals, yes, but you know, educated back when being educated meant something, uh, right? And also theologians writing for the show. I mean, there it's a it, it's a fascinating thing to to read about the early years of the Simpsons. But I do remember during the Trump years. Uh, when they really went after Donald Trump, not really in a funny way, but in like a scolding kind of way, which is not what comedy is really supposed to be. It just mm -hmm. was lame and stupid. And then when they actually called out their own show for having a character called a poo. See, I wondered if this is what you were going to say, because that's what a lot of people think. I mean, yeah, it was the whole thing was, well, he's offensive to Indian Americans. And a lot of Indian Americans were like, who are you talking about? Because uh, we love a poo. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't matter that it's a white guy voicing him. It's like you have this successful Indian immigrant who runs his own business and also is what a computer science engineer. <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's a pretty cool story, man. Yes. Yeah, but that was awful, and you couldn't have it, and they needed to get rid of him, and then there yeah. were apologies and everything else. And what cracks me up now is that you think about, okay, who was that really offending? And you think about our current president. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. <laughs> right. One of his greatest hits. Yeah. That's something, isn't it? Man, speaking of race in America, Libs of TikTok. You know, Libs of TikTok, again, they just go on TikTok. She does. Finds videos that people put out there for everyone to see and then just puts it up on Twitter. Yeah. And you're almost shocked at how racist some people actually are. Now, this is a black woman, and the way I understand it, it's in response to a white woman trying to explain that she wasn't racist. Okay. And this is the take. Check this out. People use this talking point for cops, too, you know? There are good cops. There are nice cops. But, like, every other day you wake up and, like, there's one that shot somebody in the back or, like, killed somebody in a routine traffic stop or killed a child. And it's like, maybe we don't need to trust cops entirely, or in my case, at all. Cause... What? All right. The every other day. That's a, that's a lie. Yeah. That, no. I mean, so, incredibly dumb take. Yeah. It gets better. 
oh. or you know not all men you know what i mean like not all men are she's mocking the white woman by yeah. the way like, not all men are bad and it's like yeah but like the majority of them commit violent crimes or sex crimes so it's like maybe a case-by-case -case basis you feel me no, no I don't. Not, not at all uh, i don't a majority of men commit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yes. commit violent crime, crime or sex crimes sex really crimes. yes all right, so which two of us on this show did it? <laughs> I, not me. I didn't well, do I'm it. I'm looking around the room. I'm not waiting for somebody else to show up. Cause... <laughs> but, you know, and I would say, okay, that's not true. Or your math is way off. Yeah. But then that would be white supremacy because but, we'd be talking about academic achievement. I think she believes it's true. I think she believes that. She might. I, th I think she does. I think she absolutely believes that. Now that men are out there just caught, just raising hell and, and sexually molesting people. Yes. And then um, and here we are, white people, right? Not all white people are racist. Like some of us have good characteristics. Like, yeah, but the majority of y'all like to vote for Trump and Republicans. So it's like maybe we need to be a little bit hesitant about the white people that we allow into our space. You see what I'm saying? So you're right, baby girl. I don't know you. But here's what I have learned about you. You're a hit dog. And oh, oh, you howled you hollered so i don't know reflect <laughs> yeah i don't i don't understand that but based on her own log logic and i'm not making this case because i think accurately uh it has been described as a racist thing but if you say for example she says every other day you hear a story about a, a cop killing someone during a routine traffic stop or shooting someone in the back well, that's not true, but every day, if you peruse, like, Chicago news, you do hear something about a, a black guy killing another black guy. So by yeah. that logic, she's agreeing with the take that, well, I see it on the news, and therefore all black people are dangerous. Now, I don't believe that, but I'm just saying no. her logic leads to that conclusion because she's a racist. Yes. I mean, she's not alone in that. Oh, you know, no, no, my no, goodness, no, no, man. She's not. And you're like, okay, I don't know whose job it is to try to get through to somebody like that. I mean, none of us could. Are you kidding? As a white dude? <laughs> Holy mackerel. No. All I and don't is... ever bring up that black women are the least desirable on dating sites. Don't bring up that fact ever. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Golly. No, I, I just think in her case, she would have better luck finding a good man who's not a sex offender if she smiled more. Maybe. Oh, God. Jeez. Let's be honest. I mean, not. it doesn't have to be dozens, but a few. Lose a few. Make yourself desirable. Okay. Here to help, not to hurt. What? <laughs> what guy wants to get tangled up with that? Please. <laughs> God dang. Yeah, man. Whew. That is something. Okay. Trust me. You got to hear this story out of Palestine. Straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We just saw the Fox News crawl again. We're going to hear about how great the economy is tonight with the State mm -hmm. of the Union. Mm -hmm. And two-thirds of Americans are like, yeah, I'm worse off than two years ago. Yep. And then the cost of everything right now. Of course. I mentioned a story. <laughs> this is unreal. I don't know if you saw this 13-year-old Palestinian boy 
was hiding behind parked cars and then opened fire on Jewish people in Jerusalem, shooting a father and son in their upper bodies before then he himself was shot and wounded in return gunfire. Um, apparently Reuters wrote a sympathetic story about the boy lamenting that he had dreams of being a chef. That's, that's always how it goes, man. If it's anybody who is identified as a Palestinian, then they're always a victim who was forced to do something monstrous. And as I saw that, I was thinking, man, it extends beyond the United States for sure. Mm -hmm. When you have stuff like this. Really? He opens fire on people. Yeah. Oh, it's tragic. He had dreams of being a chef. Okay. But, what about the dreams of the innocent people? Well, it, sounds, like a movie, it sounds like a movie no one would go to. Yeah, I mean, well, you... you he dreams of being a chef. You tease out what they mean by that, and it's, but he was living under whatever they, they describe, <laughs> what, apartheid life or something like that. Because of yes. Israel being so mean. Like, you want to know the number of Arabs who live in Israel versus the number of Jews that live in so-called Palestine? Yeah. Boy, that ratio gets flipped in a hurry. Yeah. Well, it's wow. like justifying any crime you make is because you didn't live up to your potential or you didn't get a chance to become whatever that, you thought you were going to become. Everyone's a victim, even the people That's who victimize crazy. others. Yep. You know... I'll just get to this now. This is a long piece that it, the details, if you want to look it up in the Wall Street Journal, you can. It is another example <laughs> of government run health care and how it goes south. You've heard about it in Canada, I don't know how many times. Do you hear what's going on in the UK? It's in crisis. They've had budget cuts, there's an aging population, and then these COVID delays. And it's talking about an hour and a half to get an ambulance to somebody yeah, and people wow. die just waiting mm -hmm. i mean you're talking about tragic stories of like a five-year-old started as a throat infection family said they had to take him he had trouble breathing to the emergency room the local hospital gave him some antibiotic pills after a six-hour wait and sent him home they pleaded with them to get him a room because he they thought he was going to do worse and then they got him finally an ambulance to take him to another hospital, and he died when he got there. Golly. Yeah. But... I mean, it's story after story of the weights, and if you need surgery, holy smokes. So when they talk about that garbage, keep that sort of thing in mind. Wow. What happens? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story if there's one today. I guess it would be the previewing of the State of the Union address. Coming yeah. up tonight with Joe Biden live in Congress. <laughs> well, we can get into that. Maybe yeah. we haven't had a chance to get to Fauci either. You know how much he's charging for speaking fees? I you know I saw how this. <laughs> that rotten son of a... Yeah. Yes. So we got to get to that. Oh, and the brawl in Philly at the airport. Spirit Airlines. They had the agents and then these passengers over, hey, that, that's too big for a carry-on. No, it's not. Actually, it is. You know, they measure it right there. And then I think it got oh, into a gosh. case of who you judging, and it was an all-out brawl. I hope they never put Waffle Houses in airports. <laughs> it's all coming up.
Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. That's David Van Camp, the millennial. Scott Robbins, he's the boomer, not just the baby boomer. You know, the sexy boomer. <laughs> the sexy boomer is going to get irritated during this segment, I have oh, a feeling. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, just know this. Resilience is in the economy, okay? Oh, yeah. The economy reflects resilience, Scott. <laughs> yeah, so th- th- this is they're going back to the well on this one ahead of the State of the Union address to say that I know that you know you may be struggling to make ends meet. I know things cost more than they used to, and you may have gotten a raise at work, but you're actually going backwards. Uh, but hey, there there's a bright spot. There's a highlight in the economy, and this is White House economist Brian Deese. Mm-hmm. We find ourselves today in an economy where uh, we have real resilience, real resilience here. Yeah, what, what does that mean? Exactly. So, Why is it today we have a lot of people saying a lot of words that don't make any sense? It's like we've had four bites like this today. <laughs> That's what they do, especially I, you know, this just, D's dude. I yeah. just, am, you start to, your temples start to hurt, and right around your, you know, I'm rubbing my eyebrows a lot. Oh. It's like Ned. I What's know. Ned Price's title again? Uh, State Department spokesman. Yeah, yes. It's just nonsense. Just yeah. runaround stuff. It's yep. just a bunch of words. Yeah. But they, they've they gone through this before. Uh, this has been the talking point. Like, even though I know things are in the dumps, uh, it's resilient. I mean, here's a montage of a bunch of administration officials <laughs> saying it. Okay. Uh, the resilience uh-huh. uh, of the economy. We have seen extraordinary resilience in this economy. We continue to have a very resilient economy. Those were markers of resilience. The resilience of our economy. Well, I would say the most, um, I think the most significant mark of the uh, the American economy right now is, is its resilience. <laughs> Jeez. Animatronic dopes. You got it? Get fed words and phrases and they'll spew the same nonsense at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, all I can think of is, it's like this quote, the most significant thing to think about is her resilience, said Ike Turner. <laughs> oh, my good Gosh, dang. <laughs> That's a hot take. That's right. spicy for the pepper right there. Yes. Just kept coming back. Jeez. Wow. Holy smokes. <laughs> Until she left. Right. Yeah. What is Ike's quote that you've quoted a thousand times and I can't remember right now? Ike Turner once said, and I quote, I never beat Tina any more than any other man beats his wife. <laughs> That's right. Holy shit. There smokes. you go. Wow. Okay. Moving on to Tony Fauci, the doctor. You know, he's a motivational guy. Why not as a motivational speaker? Should he get paid 50 to 100 grand per appearance? Unfreaking believable. <laughs> he's getting like Taylor Swift money. <laughs> Does she go to. Do motivational speech? She do those? Or is it just concerts? Throw men under the bus convention. Got it. Uh Yeah, this is really something, man. And I'm wondering, David, you'll probably be quick with an answer. Who pays him that kind of money? Who does this? He's rather polarizing. Colleges. Yeah, probably. Because you're talking about a a bunch of brainwashed administrators who think, well, this will be really great. And so they say one night with Dr. Anthony Fauci live in concert. Well, you have to you have to get in the presented by Pfizer. Well, of course, yeah, yeah, the tour sponsor. Mm-hmm. 
and then a bunch of that. dopey college kids go and yeah, they get they'll get their selfies with them and all of that and then they'll complain about how or why college is so expensive and never put those two things together no they don't <laughs> they don't do you think if you put him on the road people would pay like 50 100 bucks a pop to go see him give a uh, speech yeah i do i think rich old liberals would a lot of dough there. Yeah. They probably would. But, I mean, I guess I was thinking, you know, different organizations where you're selling, you know, tables at whatever, 5K. Right. Like, and you got Fauci's going to speak. A lot of people be like, I don't want to listen to that guy. I had to right. listen to him for a couple of years. Right. It was nonsense. He lied. We know it. Yeah. And you wonder how many in the medical community are waking up to that. That would have started in med school, followed all this COVID stuff, and now know where we're at at this moment in time. I bring that up because this was in Newsweek, and I think he was on Tucker Carlson's show last night. Kevin Bass. He's a student and a researcher, and he wrote this piece. Don't have time to get into it all, but I can hit a couple of highlights. He basically says, um, it's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID. And the public's trust is gone. And that's our fault. And we need to recognize it. And he felt like, as an individual, I need to do my part to admit that before we move forward. Because people need to hear it. We screwed it up. How refreshing is that? Yeah. yeah. Man. He's done. Well, I, yeah. And, I, I think well, and Tucker asked him, are you nervous about this? Yeah, he was. He would. You could tell he was a little intimidated. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. I don't know if you saw the story out of New York where uh, vaccination rates for all vaccines are plummeting. Yeah. And it's and I, and, and I get it. I think it's sad. It's really sad. But um, it, it's because you have a lot of people who say, well, wait a minute. You were you were telling me that this, you know, covid vaccine was something I had to take. And then I still got covid. So what are you not telling me about with other vaccines that I'm giving my children, that I've gotten myself, things like that? And it's really sad because you have actual effective vaccines out there that can head off dangerous outbreaks that do affect children. Mm -hmm. And the trust is gone. All because the medical establishment and the government couldn't just be normal freaking people and say, hey, here's this vaccine. We think it'll prevent you from getting really, really sick. It may prevent you from getting COVID altogether. We encourage you to take it, but ultimately it's your choice. Could not do it. They could not do it. Okay. So let's just uh, play here in the truth box for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> if I'm to ask you, no judgment here, just because it's on the show. Uh as far as don't worry about a tinfoil hat or anything else. Okay. You had people that knew it wasn't going to stop spreading from one person to another. Mm -hmm. They knew, you know, especially if you're older, it could keep you maybe out of the hospital or keep you from dying. They were, they were pretty confident of that. But they knew it wasn't going to stop the spread, right? Yeah. Why did they lie about it? Well, because you want to try to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Because the government, and this started under Trump, was sending billions of dollars 
to AstraZeneca to Pfizer and Johnson mm-hmm. & Johnson. Now, you had to sell us on the fact that this and would Moderna. stop it yeah. for us to want it. Because if all it did was keep us out of the hospital, or uh, and we were still going to get it, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people would have been... Fl- I mean, the first time I got a vaccine, people were lined up around the building yeah. to get it. Yes. Because we believed yes. that if we get this, we can go back to our normal lives. That's because yes. we were sold this bill of goods, right? Yes. Dr. Deborah Burks, remember? Yes. You liked her a lot. Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization it will but let's be very clear we'll just stop there i think you know what the line is mm-hmm. unreal i knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection and and what else could you do that with sell somebody something that you know doesn't do what you say it's going to do and then you they find and out that it was it. well there's there's yes. lemon laws for cars there's stuff like that everywhere and as far as vaccine injury we yeah. don't know we, that's no. a, we don't know and we're probably not going to know for an extended period of time well, if we ever know and i think it would be safe to say if we had to bet on the amount of injury that there will end up to be i would bet on more than you would david i'm guessing probably yeah you know that's fine i mean not everybody's going to agree on that but there was a risk in taking it yeah they weren't upfront about that either. Nope. And for the people that were damaged by it, they got silenced. It's awful. So I'm glad this kid wrote this piece, and it's worth a read for sure. And it was guts um, to put it out there. And he goes through all the different people that tried to speak out. The Bhattacharya, the Scott Atlas, all these different people, and they were demonized for it. It was absolutely awful. Um, another incredible injustice was Beyonce not winning album of the year, huh? <laughs> oh man, your boy Scott beat her. He's not my boy. I like some of his songs. Harry you just said yesterday you really like Harry Styles. I like I like a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, whenever somebody likes somebody else, they become you know okay. your band, your boy. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I can't name two Beyonce songs. I, well, hold on a second. You're. Put a ring on it. Is that one of her songs? I think so. uh, that's single ladies. Single ladies. Okay. Yes. All I know is the hook. <laughs> I'm like the old guy now. I don't know. <laughs> well, you still fancy yourself a bit of a top forty kind of sore, and you well, like pop I, stuff. I, She's I, like now the most celebrated of all time, and you can't name more than two songs. I heard somebody tell me the other day that she wasn't even the best singer in Destiny's Child. Wow. Hey. Didn't know that. I'm not saying not me. I didn't say that. But now the backlash is on. Uh, people are upset that Harry Styles, white dude, even though he's a crossdresser, that doesn't check off a box, apparently, beat Beyonce. And so different people going on social media saying, I, this is awful. Travesty, again, she didn't win in 2016 with Lemonade, and now Beyonce continues to be boycotted. Boycotted? I thought she was the star of the show the other night. Who's, I don't watch it. Who's boycotting Beyonce? It says, well, the Grammys, because they didn't give her album of the year. She became the all-time Grammy winner, right, for amount of Grammys, yeah. but not album of the year. Right. And that was a grave injustice, and people are very upset. Okay. Yes.
I like the the one person that wrote out, not Beyonce and Kendrick losing album of the year to Harry Styles during Black History Month. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, the people who vote on it have been repressed. They weren't allowed to go to the ballot box true. like they normally are. Okay. That's true. And everybody just, knows the rightful winner of album of the year is Stacey Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Was that spoken word? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> the singing in the shower album. I just have a quick question then. If it is going to be in February, which the Grammys is every year, does that mean everyone that's black should win? Because it's Black History Month, by that logic? But on that logic, yes. Or should they either do it at the end of January or wait till March? Well, if Harry well, Styles had any class at all, he'd give it to Beyonce. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, we got to get to a news update. And is Yellowstone ending this summer? Is that happening? Get to that, too. Coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I guess we shouldn't be surprised the story keeps changing about the Chinese spy balloon. Yeah. There the, Okay, so so the state of play right now is that we're supposed to believe that on three different occasions during the Trump administration, mm-hmm. uh, Chinese spy balloons flew over American Land American, uh, you know, into American airspace, right? We're supposed to believe that. Yes. But no one knew about it until Biden let a Chinese spy balloon fly across the entire United States. Correct. We didn't know about that. Okay? Mm-mm. That That was a domain awareness gap, an actual phrase from the Pentagon. Yes. That was something they needed to figure out. Yeah, and it, and it just so happens that, well, you know, the only reason we knew about this one is because the Biden administration was taking this way more seriously than the Trump administration was taking those balloons that we just made up. I mean, the things that were definitely there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to take immediate action either because it wasn't demonstrating a hostile act or a hostile intent. No. But then you say, well, what's on board, though, had a huge payload and possible explosives so uh but we, we don't want to say there was hostile intent they were just trying to spy and who knows what else maybe our nuclear defense system see how that's operating where it is and what they can do but no hostile intent and we are we to believe that we wouldn't have been aware of this or our government hadn't been if some rancher in montana hadn't spotted it no, we wouldn't know. And took video of it and then well, released it? I think probably somewhere around the time it was going over Kansas City, somebody would have noticed. I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And again, if three, if three, if it happened three other times, then where are the people who saw it or knew about it? Do you wonder if the, original, nobody knew about it. If the original plan was actually to have it float all the way across the United States? Or once everybody knew it was there and we're just like, uh, hmm, what are we going to do now? Yeah. The China said, you know what? Let's just screw them a little bit. Let's just yeah. send it over the entire country. Who knows? If it wasn't for Rip Wheeler, we wouldn't know about this right now. That's right. That's no Rip Wheeler saw it. You know, and another thing, too, were they operating this thing remotely? Well, yeah, they didn't have somebody on board. No, I know that, but I mean, <laughs> if they were doing it, what Guys were they doing? Guys just taking weights from? out of it. There you <laughs> right. go, a little higher. Yeah. 
No, they, yeah, apparently it did have some sort of steering device on it. Some guy that looks like Ed Asner is piloting yeah, right. it. Yeah. They were just letting the wind take it, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm asking this because where did it come from? Where, were, what, where was the remote at that was running this thing? Probably Beijing. Where do you where do you where do you think it was? I don't know that. You don't either. No, I don't. It was okay, on Hunter's laptop. I don't know if you knew that. It could Might have been. been. I made the Rip Wheeler reference earlier. Oh, I heard. I, I got it because I knew you would want to know this. There's the rumor that Yellowstone might be ending this summer. This could be it. That Kevin Costner might be leaving because he's got scheduling conflicts. Uh oh. What will you do Sunday nights when it's running? Mm. They're, they are talking about a possible spinoff with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm trying to picture it. So the Dutton Ranch to make money starts growing weed. Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> quality control sort of thing. Possible. I don't know. Well, do you see where he's doing the voice of Elvis in a cartoon? Yes, I did McConaughey. see that. <laughs> McConaughey's doing Elvis? Yeah, Elvis. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's animated called Agent Elvis. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. It's Elvis is a secret agent. It's weird. Yeah. You talk about stoner friendly. <laughs> right. I admit it, we'd all watch it at least once. Oh, yeah. Out of curiosity, yeah, of course. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. All right, so we got the uh, the talking points sent out ahead of Joe Biden's State of the Union address. Uh, now we have Jen Psaki, former White House press secretary, oh. uh, who is now working for NBC. She's on MSNBC today previewing what Joe Biden needs to do. Y'all have not heard this. Nope. And I didn't even tell you what it was because okay. I think it is hilarious. Here is Jen Psaki talking about what Joe Biden really needs to lean into. What he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office, Crane can tell you, and he can storytell for six hours. Joe Biden, amazing storyteller. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um... Mental health worker with, <laughs> yeah. a, with a weapon. Well... Uh, you know, uh, I put forward a plan to, uh, um, you know, you and I have the U.S. Attorney, uh, United States Attorney General here with me today. Well, just hang, wow. hang in there. The story's going to get good in a second. Yeah. Wow, rivaling Garrison Keillor. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, he's getting that. At, uh, and it's, it's about doing background checks, it's as well as uh, uh, that. And again. For any of the press, any of the press listening, this doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. By the way, I can see, Scott, right now, you're on the edge of your seat. You can try to lie to everybody listening right now, but I can see it. I can't wait to hear the conclusion <laughs> 10 hours from now after we get through the... <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't buy a cannon and when the, this, this uh, amendment was passed. And uh, look, and... You know, this spring, the Justice yeah. Department, this spring, the Justice Department will issue 
That's why today the Department is launching an, intens- an intensified National Ghost Gun Enforcement Initiative. Story time. Yes. With Uncle Joe. It was like pages missing. He just jumps <laughs> like page three to seven. And whoa. whoa. <laughs> If he's doing story time at my local library, I'm going to shout, all right, bring bra- bring back the drag queens, okay? Fine. <laughs> you win. Wow. <laughs> Gathered the grandkids around twice the night before Christmas. <laughs> you got, a, got an hour? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, and I'm sure he's going to be talking about you know, the war that's going on. Where's it at? And there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. How See, just no follow. way that was going to happen. See? One of those Yeah. Maybe talk about how we got over the pandemic, supply chain Put stuff. together business and labor leaders to solve problems. Yeah. And much, uh, you know, the much predicted uh, crisis didn't occur. <laughs> what? <laughs> Actually, it did. Yeah. You remember. Welcome back to VH1 Storytellers tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Biden. Gosh dang. Well, the thing is, too, man, you know how they have special guests that are usually there? And then they'll be pointed out? Yeah. But he's going to have to not butcher their names. Well, first, he's got to remember the names, you know. Under the leadership of mayors like, uh, you know, our mayor here. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Like our mayor here. You know the the guy that runs my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Yeah, yeah whatever his name is. Um, you know. Listen, I will say this: it'll be a it'll be an improvement and a good night if he doesn't actually look for Tyree Nichols. Oh golly! Holy smokes! Oh man! The guy the guy has looked for dead people in the past. Oh, oh I'm just I saying, and Tyree has. Nichols' family is going to be sitting next to the first lady. Wanted people in wheelchairs to stand up. Yeah. Yeah, all sorts of gaffes when he gets out in front of people. Yeah, the history books will note it. No one, not done it. The history books will note it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we never get to true and gash double the pressure. Hey, that's, man. That's kind of his stairway to heaven or Layla or slow ride. True and gash double the pressure. Yes. Yeah, that one I get at least once a week. A new meme with that attached to it. Oh, they just sent right to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to the show. Yeah. <laughs> It's always weird how they spell true and dash double to pressure, too, because nobody really knows. It's a made-up word. You can spell it any way you want. If we're going, okay, if we have time for two more greatest hits, <laughs> the glass ceiling broke. But, you, well, but you know her name. Tangy, well, you saw her. Right, yeah. you yeah, know you her. Saw her. Yeah, you saw her. She's over there. But my favorite, because, I, you know, people say all the time, you never quit. Don't ever quit. That's a load. Smart people know when to quit. Because oftentimes there is a time to quit. And fighting the words here, he just gave in finally. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Uh, just defeat <laughs> yeah. in his voice. I mean, there, there's no honor in going for it on 4th and 27, okay? You just, just punt right. the ball. It's over. And regroup. That's yes. why we have exit ramps on interstates. <laughs> uh, I know we're going to be talking about the progress we've made. Is it true? It's If you look at the progress we have made, we should continue down the path of progress we made? Who said that? Uh, that would be soon-to-be former White House economist 
Brian Dees. Now, only 16%, of Americans believe that they're better off financially since Biden took office. And the White House has no answer for it. But uh, here's Brian Dees trying to explain what the president will lay out tonight. Well, look, I think that... Um I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to repeat myself only to say um, we have more work to do. Uh, but if you look at the progress that we have made, uh, particularly uh, the recent progress that we have made uh, with inflation coming down, gas prices coming down, real wages as a result um, uh, going up and the labor market opportunities that uh, that that come from a strong, historically strong job market. Those are all reasons why we should uh, we should continue to continue down the path of the progress that we have made. Got that, Scott? No, <laughs> no idea what that. I was. mean, on average, uh, gas prices are above where they were a month ago. Yeah, they're going up. They're actually above where they were a year ago, even. Yeah, going to be over four dollars a gallon again. Yeah, mm-hmm. won't wait till we roll into spring and summer. There we go. Okay. Well, speaking of gas prices, you know, flights sometimes pretty expensive. Some people want to try to save some money and go with, you know, like a Spirit Airlines kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even with Spirit, you got to have, you know, only so many sizes fit in the overhead so you've got the measurements. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, sometimes people find out at the airport that that's not going to fit. So you can't bring that on. And people get upset. And that's what happened in Philadelphia, the international airport. Apparently, this fight erupted between a mother and a daughter and the Spirit Airlines staff after they were told, yep, the carry-on's too large. And so I watched this. I don't think you guys have seen it, but it's the pair of travelers. And they're all of a sudden, they start like swiping at the agents and then... You've got one of the women, I think it was the younger one, grabbed the dreadlocks of one of the Spirit Airline staffers, prompting another staff to slap her on the back of the head, telling her to get off. Okay? Now, there was some swearing involved. Oh, gosh. Hand on the button, David. I got it. Okay. Hold on. Let me make sure the delay is running. Yep. Delay's running. We're good. Ah, Got to risk it for the biscuit, right? Mm-hmm. I think you can hear at least this part here. It's just mayhem. And her phone on him. Yeah, the younger one just yelling. Well, and then people are yelling at the woman that hit the one person, and she's saying she hit me first. She did. She did. She did. Yeah, she she did. She hit her first. Lady working there, you probably should have hit her back. Somebody lost their shirt and shoes in the fight. Somebody's asking, where the bleep is security? Yeah. Can I, I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression, but I have been in fights before in my life. Yeah. I, I could maybe see losing a shoe. I've never lost a shirt in a fight. Oh, well, then you uh, never fought a guy that was a hockey player. Uh, well, I can see that, too, because 
<laughs> grab the back of the shrimp and pull it right over your head. Uppercut. Boom. Yeah. Boom. While you're getting thumped. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can't see. <laughs> the old trick. Yeah. Never been in that position before. Hmm. <laughs> it's a good thing. Stay you know, away from that position. You don't want, don't want that. Um, wow. Um, so the Philadelphia police described... Uh, it's understanding of the event in a statement saying on you know the date, approximately 7.29 p.m., police received information that several passengers were pulling apart a 24-year-old female um, complainant and a 17-year-old female along with her 39-year-old mother during an argument over additional baggage fees. Gosh, dang. That's yeah. what they were fighting about. Okay. Yes. And so that's the whole deal there. Yeah. Okay. I will say, man, that I, I would never want to tangle with anybody who works at a Spirit Airlines in Philadelphia. That That's a person who knows violence. Yeah, they've probably seen it. No doubt about that. By the way, speaking of airlines, you see the guy that thought he was flying to Sydney, Australia, but instead flew to Sydney, Montana? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that story? No. Oh, we, we can get to that. Oh, my up. God. Oh, yeah, dude. True. Yes, yes. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. We can get to that. Also, what doctors are learning about marijuana and surgery. People are waking up early during the surgery. And we'll get to a news update straight ahead right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to get to this earlier. Uh, So the State of the Union is tonight, and, of course, there are going to be uh, guests of VIPs, of lawmakers uh, who are going there. One of the guests for Dr. Jill Biden, the First Lady, is a woman from Austin who claims to have nearly died after being denied a medical intervention because of Texas's abortion laws. Now, this story is questionable at best, and because we have a dishonest media, we'll never actually get to the bottom of this. Now, I'm not saying that she didn't lose a pregnancy. By all accounts, it looks like she did lose a pregnancy, and that's heartbreaking, that's tragic. Mm-hmm. But then she turned around and started working with the Beto O'Rourke gubernatorial campaign, claiming that her water broke at 18 weeks. And so the baby's in trouble. And so she goes to the doctor, and the doctor apparently could claimed, or she claims the doctor said that they couldn't do anything for her because they're afraid that it might run afoul of the uh, strict abortion laws in the state of Texas. That makes no sense because for the malady that she had, there is a treatment available that isn't even induced abortion. But even then a doctor would have known your life is on the line here. And so if that is the treat, the only treatment available, that is perfectly legal in the state of Texas. There's no interview with the doctor that, that was confused about this. It's basically her word for it. And so, I mean, this really does seem like a grieving person who was then used and probably willingly as a political prop. 
But you look and up the media the, gets the propaganda at once. Yeah, you you look up the story and all it is is just her side of it. There's no conversation with any hospital administrator who certainly in this case, I mean that the, who if if the doctor really told her at that time because she almost died because she got uh, an infection a few days later. If the doctor ignored any sign of an existing infection and ignored whatever medical procedures could have been done up to and including inducing an abortion, if that doctor never told her about those or never pursued those options, that doctor should not be practicing medicine. Right. Wow. I saw a different story, too. There's a Republican rep from Illinois, Mary Miller. She's not going to the State of the Union. She's got a special guest going in her place. She said, well, I'm paraphrasing. It's going to be a bunch of lies. Biden lies all the time. So in my place, I'm giving my guest ticket to Air Force Colonel retired Mark Hurley of Sherman, Illinois, who retired from the military because of Biden's unjust COVID vaccine mandate. Biden used the COVID vaccine mandate as a political purge to force the best and brightest out of our military. And Biden has still failed to provide accountability for his disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan more than two years ago. Well, he's like, it's an honor. He's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to get much airtime on the networks. Oh, no, not at all. None at all, actually. But I'm glad she's doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. I mentioned this earlier. I'll tell you the rest of the story. This guy that wanted to take the vacation to Sydney, Australia, but ended up in Montana. Sydney, Montana. <laughs> Kingsley Burnett's his name. He's 62. He lives in New York. Booked his dream vacations. Wanted to go to Australia. So... He wanted to go to Sydney, then hop on a cruise ship. Doesn't make it out of the United States. Here's the deal. <laughs> well, I can play you uh, part of the audio, this guy talking about it. He got mixed up because of the, the letters. Sydney, Australia, S-Y-D, Sydney, Montana, S-D-Y. That's the airport code. A little mix-up there. Well, I can so understand when he, that. He yeah. first lands... Well, I saw mountain top covered with white snow. <laughs> At that point, I knew I was in trouble. It's a matter of acronyms. SYD as opposed to SDY. Somebody has to fix that. Well, well, I mean, did you not notice the flight time was rather different? <laughs> or the cost? He said that he, well, he did try to go cheap. There's no doubt about well, that. Right, but I mean, the, the, the flight... From New York to Sydney is like 23 hours. Did he yes, not Sydney, Australia. He, yeah. Well, he had to get onto a puddle jumper just to get to Sydney, Montana. Well, yeah. So I don't know if he checked the next flight time, but that's when he realized, oh, no, this isn't, well, this isn't good at all. It's going to fly over the Pacific in, a, <laughs> in one of those little tin cans, really? Yeah. Yes. He's okay. like, this is not good. Okay. There so are- apparently he is... Actually going to go to Australia after all, he has rebooked his trip. He ended up just going back to New York. And the the lady that was working on the plane said he had a good sense of humor about it. He was really funny. Kingsley came and he goes, I've got a problem. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you do. (laughs) He said she was a very nice lady. So, wow, pretty crazy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story today, if there is one. Uh, biggest story of the day, I think. I, there there are a couple of them out there, but uh, one is apparently the White House and Joe Biden are getting ready to tell us that it's our fault. We don't understand how great the economy is right now. 
Okay. Struggling to make ends meet. You got more people going to food banks than even at the height of the pandemic still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it's, you know, if you're going to a food bank to go pick up food, it's your fault you don't understand how great the economy actually is because, you know, the cost of a used Toyota Corolla has gone down slightly in the last three months. So, see? Yeah. This is a guy that's going to be looking at basically two-thirds of America that doesn't want him to be president again. Good luck. Robbins, you got your top three? Yeah, yeah. The trifecta, straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Man, this is going to be an interesting story to watch develop here. Uh, After a year uh, of fighting, the Grand Forks, North Dakota City Council residents found out that the council has voted now to stop a Chinese-owned business from building a corn mill near an Air Force base. What's that all about? So apparently they had been trying to build, there had been a Chinese interest trying to build a supply station that happened to be near an Air Force base. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, this is why you got to participate in your democracy, whether it's at the local level or the federal level. When you first found out how much farmland in America is owned by China, were you shocked? It is. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't think most people know. This didn't happen overnight. This has been incremental creep for quite a while now. Yes. And and it's weird that we just now found out about it recently. Yes. Yeah. Golly, who's brokering all these deals? I mean, right now you've got uh, just shy of 400,000 acres, according to USDA, that's owned by Chinese interests. <laughs> you know, when people talk about how our leaders have sold us out, and I'm not talking just about the farmland, I'm talking about who runs the country in so many different ways, enriching themselves, selling the rest of the country out. It's really disgusting, man. Well, yeah, and I mean, the reason why this this kind of situation can occur is because, I mean, there have been uh, regulatory uh, steps taken that eliminate small independent farm owners and farm operations. So then you get mega corporations that come in and they centralize everything. And then you got all this land left over. Okay, well, what do you do with the land? Because the operations are no longer locally done. Well, you know, nobody's investing in farmland in America because they realize they can't afford to keep up with the big producers. And so then China comes in and says, yeah, we'll buy it. Yeah. They're bidding along with Bill Gates. Yep. Who's going to buy the most? <laughs> well, he's a farmer, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, the other story that I mentioned earlier, I didn't want to forget to get to before Scott's trifecta. It's what doctors are learning about marijuana and surgery from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, this is fascinating. Yeah. Because as more states are allowing people to smoke weed, eat edibles legally, more doctors say they've got to ask about the marijuana use. They're saying it's not because we want to know your business. we got to know how much anesthesia we need to put you out. Because if you're puffing tough, you're using weed regularly, Mm -hmm. 
uh, we may have to use twice, sometimes three times the amount of anesthesia to make you make sure you stay asleep. Dang. During the procedure. Well, you woke up during one. Yeah. Well, more on that in a second. They said they already asked about alcohol consumption, mm. but now they got to add weed to that. Yeah. Julius Hyatt is quoted in the story. Oral surgeon in Maryland. Said started noticing a few years ago, more of his patients were requiring larger amounts of anesthesia. And so, again, two to three times the normal amount. He and others in his practice also had to start adding other drugs, sometimes used in sedation like fentanyl and ketamine, to maintain, maintain sedation for patients who are becoming restless during oral surgeries. The next sentence in the story does say, Doctors say you don't need to worry about waking up during a procedure, though. Anesthesiologists monitor sedation levels and can give more if they notice signs that the drugs are wearing off. This was a number of years back, and I don't want to mention what was going on, but leading up to it, the gym I used to go to, and it was Fight Guy Dave, had told me he woke up during a procedure. And I remember telling you guys about it, yeah. thinking, there's no way. There's no way. And talking about it with my wife that morning, she said, you know, I know of someone that woke up. And I don't know if that was power of suggestion, what it was, but sure enough, man, I did. And then you guys wanted me to call you right when the procedure was done. Yeah. Yes. And there were, yeah, there's parts of that. Pretty entertaining. I well, next thing I know, man, I am out. But then as I'm like coming to and I'm confused... And then I realized I got stuff going on inside me. Oh, <laughs> the best part of this audio is your reaction to it, to be honest. You guys, it's just hilarious trying to explain because, yeah, I did. I, I can feel what's Pardon, going on. I remember I'm just like, I'm awake. I'm awake. Like, oh, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get some more to make you comfortable or whatever. And as that was going on, I could feel what was going on inside me and I could feel it like clutching. And then I mentioned that I could, I remember the sound I was making. I don't know if I want to play that part. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, all right. I'm glad there's no recording of it because I'm sure I sounded like a big, big wussy. <laughs> because of when the pain got the worst, I just remember making this noise kind of like a, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing, David. Yeah. Oh, man. By the way, just so you know. I was not taking weed when this yeah. procedure happened. Just, just after. so you know. Yeah. Now that well, that's not true either. I mean, I had some good, good painkillers. No doubt about that. Gosh just, dang, that's my greatest fear. I remember. I mean, I, it is. Yeah, I know. I mean, having had my share of surgical procedures, it was like, <laughs> wow. Okay, you ready for the big three? Wake up and you can see your heart beating in a dish next to you. <laughs> Let's get to the trifecta. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. His top three stories today, and always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem, buddy. Yes. Buddy. <laughs> yes. I know. It's good I'm couldn't three. do without you. <laughs> Number three, plumbers in Oakland are getting robbed so often they're doing active shooter training. This is crazy. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. There's business owners that are struggling because of all the 
robberies that are going on without any help or attention from the cops. There was a bar called the Black Magic Voodoo Lounge. It was robbed. It took police 15 hours to respond. Another robbery happened a few days after. A similar robbery up the street took the cops 36 hours to respond to that one. Oh, wow. So at a recent meeting of the Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling Contractors Association, a member there in Oakland implored his peers to pool their money together and hire a security consultant for active shooter and self-defense training. We found a person from L.A. who does this sort of training. And he'll do it when someone sticks a gun in your face so you know how to react and how to respond. Some contractors are now asking for security as part of their contract. We'll come out and do the work for you. you got to hire security. Because wow. they're getting robbed blind. <sighs> and they can't get insurance. A lot of insurance companies are going, no, we're not insuring anything. Man. No thanks. They've certainly reimagined police, yeah. haven't yeah, they? right. Yeah, but at least in California, they're making sure that law-abiding citizens... I don't know, can't carry guns. Mm-hmm. Working out well. We're getting closer and closer to number one. And they sell this stuff on Craigslist and on eBay, and they're saying, we're going to crack down on this. Well, they haven't. So Two. The Sky Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Uh, number two, Twitter suspended a senator for violating some sort of violence policy. This is crazy. Um, I thought it was going to get better under Elon Musk. This is bizarre, though. This guy's name is uh, Senator Steve Daines. Republican out of Man uh, Montana, and they kicked him off of Twitter because of graphic violence or adult contact content. That was part of their policy. Now, here's what he did. He posted a picture of himself and his wife with an antelope she just shot. That's it. That's all he did. He posted a picture of them holding I the just, antelope. I and, just and saw that's that story about an hour ago. Yeah. yeah. Ted Musk Cruz, is already saying, yeah, we got to fix this, yeah, right? Yeah, we got to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Ted Cruz said, ridiculous. My friend Steve Daines is in jail for posting this pic with his wife, Cindy. If you don't like hunting, fine, don't go. But don't censor others who disagree. And I'm pretty sure this is a formal, formal job responsibility for a senator from Montana. That's true. And another guy, another politician, Senator Mike Rounds from South Dakota, posted a hunting picture in his profile. His two sons are holding up geese in their hands. <laughs> He's like, I better take this down, or they're going to boot me next. It's violence. Yeah. <laughs> it's violence. Of course. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins trifecta. <laughs> Top three of the day. Yeah. One. Uh, number one, uh, Biden bingo. You want to talk about yeah, this for, for the State of the Union. Right. State of the Union tonight. This was sent to me by a couple of people today. Uh, these are words or phrases. You'll get to mark your bingo card if Joe says it tonight. I just want to run down the list. Uh, no surprises here. Malarkey. Assault weapons, electric vehicles. Hold on a second. What? I can't imagine he's going to say malarkey. Uh, probably not. I well, it could be a tough one. one to get, this one, but it's possible. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Electric vehicles. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be there. Inherited inflation. Gas yeah. and oil. Yeah. Promises of free stuff. Border, maybe my favorite, gross wet cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're definitely getting one of those. Oh, yeah, we got you, snorts. Right? Right, yeah. <laughs> January 6th reference, climate change, blank stare. Come on, man. Here's the deal. Yeah. Says wrong name. Get vaccinated. Stutters. Blames Ukraine uh, for and Russia. Chinese spy balloon. Not a joke. Creepy whisper. Hold on a second. How many? How many for not a joke? Over or under? Three? 
Not a joke. Not a joke. I I would take the under on. I'll not take a the joke. under on that one. I think I would too. How about creepy whisper? That uh, if we're doing the over under, I would set it at two. Yeah. Mega. I might take the over on that one. I might too because there's plenty going to be plenty of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mega. America's back. Mega. Yes. I'd say two again. Blames Trump by mm. saying things like prior administration or the guy before me or oh, that I'd kind of give stuff. that at least three. Squinting. He's got that <sighs> sort of David Putty squint going. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It depends on the lighting. And COVID. How many times? COVID. Mm. Three? Or yeah, more? probably. Probably. I, I think uh, whoever is writing the speech for him hopefully has looked at the polling. You know, Pew Research does their, like, what are the top issues that Americans care about? Right. And COVID is now at the bottom of the list of things that registered. I think he'll mention vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Probably. <sighs> I mean. Oh, it's so unpopular right now. That's pretty tough, man. Yeah. That's pretty tough. One nation. Indivis wonder God for real. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I'm waiting for more than anything else, to be honest. By the way, Paul Pelosi and Bono will be sitting next to each other in Nancy Pelosi's box tonight. Is there a punchline coming? Is that no, for real? No, no, that's, no, that's for, real. for real, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> you can't, it's so typical, isn't it? You can't make it up. No. Okay, all right. And I'm waiting for Biden to say Bono, too, because, you know, that'll probably That would be good, yes. And there you have it. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Same time every day. Well done, Scotty. Okay, we still have, well, another news update to get to. And we have Nimrod's in the news. And, okay, another update from an earlier story about weed. Straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the State of the Union is tonight. Closest wins in this little contest. Oh, boy. What percentage of Americans say they plan on watching at least some of the address tonight? David first. Mm. 30%. I'll say 40%. Who do you think won? David. Who's feeling good? David won. David won. Yeah. 28%. Two off. Man, that is good. Wow. Well played, Mr. Van Camp. Uh, Weed story. Update out of uh, Georgia, Rossville. Sixth grader. He's in trouble. Man, he brought some edibles to school. Mm. Thought, what? Sharing is caring. Uh oh. (laughs) What? Uh-oh, that's not good. We get one for the whole class? Everybody got one? No, just some uh, close friends, apparently. Oh, man. Um, ugh, one kid had to go home because he was sick yeah. in the weed. Yeah. Okay. They asked the 11-year-old uh, student, where'd you get it? Well, I got it from home. Parents had the weed edibles. Okay, is this like something... 
Sort of like a gun. If you don't keep it locked up somewhere where the kids can't get it, the parents in trouble. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that's what I figured. You down with that, Robin? Yeah. Okay. You know what? There's a whole lot of Nimrods. The, the, to give time to all, we should probably just get this rolling. Do you have an update that we need to get to before Nimrods? No, let's get to it. Sure. Okay. Plenty today. Roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods the News. It doesn't happen often, but today, starting in Iowa, guy at a Marriott confronted another guest in the stairwell. This dude is naked. Oh. All, already intimidating. Naked yes. guy that is standing in the stairwell like, whoa. Yeah, I want nothing to do with that, no. And he's got a toilet plunger, and he's swinging it around like a weapon. Holy smokes. And he reportedly told the person, I'm going to bleep and get you. Unclear if they knew each other, but they don't think so, because naked plunger guy also went to multiple floors, terrorized multiple guests, swinging the plunger and pulling fire alarms. He was finally subdued by the authorities. Police say the guy is 21-year-old Traven Hill, charged with assault, criminal mischief, disorderly conduct. There are reports he was a flight attendant for Southwest, and that during his naked rampage, he also defecated on the floor of the hotel. See. Oh, boy. I was okay with a naked plunger guy until that happened. Then we got Michael Dixon. He's 45. Uh, guards at DeKalb County Jail near Atlanta saw him sneaking around outside the lobby last Friday. He had a box cutter with him. It's not clear if he was trying to smuggle that in or not, but he had plenty of other stuff. They found in a bag in a bush outside tons of stuff, including what looked like three or four dozen hot wings that were fully cooked. He also had weed, cocaine, Smokes, cigars, loose tobacco, lighters, cell phones, chargers, a set of AirPods, jewelry, two sets of Allen wrenches, some glue. Artie the one-man party. (laughs) No kidding. Wow. Guards also found a broken window in someone's cell. (laughs) (laughs) Got to watch out for this. Man. He's in trouble. A professor at Purdue got arrested for selling meth. A politician in Brazil had to have a second surgery after doctors left a pair of large scissors in his intestines. Oh, God. God. They didn't realize it for six days. It was a politician. Mm. My question, did they do it on purpose? Yeah. That's Nimrod's in the news.